You're listening to the Lessons in Real Estate Show, sponsored by Mission First Capital, bringing real estate investment deals for active duty and veteran investors. Your host, Anthony Pinto, searched land, air, and sea to find military investors just like you investing in multifamily and commercial real estate, both active duty and veterans. Hear their stories, learn their lessons, and be inspired by the obstacles they have overcome on their path to financial freedom. Whether you are overseas or stationed at home, if you want to get started as a military real estate investor, this is the show for you. And now your host, Anthony Pinto. I'm so excited to have you guys here today on the revamped new and improved version of the Lessons in Real Estate show. I wanted to refocus on my mission here in life uh, with this podcast, and that is to help teach and inspire 1 million military members and veterans to achieve financial freedom through real estate. And as a part of the March to a Million campaign, my call is to show you the path to freedom of time and money, whether you intend to stay in for 20 years or get out next year. And so listen to the stories of fellow military members and investors just like you struggling, overcoming, and achieving success in multifamily real estate, and even some of them doing it while active duty, and really dig into their lessons learned, as well as their failures on their path to success. Uh, But you came here for the show, so let's get to it. Hey learners, and welcome to another episode of the Lessons in Real Estate show. Excited to have another military veteran on here today to talk about his experience in uh, you know multifamily and uh, apartment syndications. Uh, Trevor, uh, Trevor West is a Air Force veteran and multifamily investor, and he's also a real estate agent who works only with investors. Kind of rare to find, it seems. And he's also an inspiring apartment syndicator, and I can't wait to hear a lot about his uh, motivation and energy that he puts into uh, his, his um, um, syndication and kind of real estate journey so far. So, Trevor, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Anthony. I really appreciate you having me on. I'm very excited to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I, I like to start the show typically with you know, kind of talking about your military background and if if that led into real estate for you. So let's start there. Yeah, definitely. So as you mentioned, I served eight years in the Air Force. I was an intelligence analyst by trade, um, and that was just an awesome experience. I learned a ton about myself. Um, taking care of other people, because especially as an intelligence analyst, you know, dudes going out into the field, it's my job to make sure that they are very aware of every threat, um, every possibility that we could possibly uncover before they step foot, um, uh, you know, to to head to target. Um, And I grew exponentially in those positions. Um, just, you know, a lot of times being the only Intel analyst at a very young age, just kind of expedited the process of being responsible, being on time, um, and, you know, taking care of other people's interests for the betterment of their survivorship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love the Air Force. Being an intelligence analyst was incredibly valuable. Um, and, you know, kind of transitioning that into how I found real estate, I definitely take many things that I learned from the Air Force and apply it directly to real estate. You know, building a target package on an individual or a building is the same thing as building, you know, an evaluation on a property. We need to know every single thing about that. That way we can make the best um, and most informed decision. Um, So I, I definitely like to transition a lot of the things that way, you know, my time in the Air Force 
yes, it was a great time. I learned a lot, but I can utilize that to propel me into the next chapters of my, my, my life. Mm -hmm. I think that's a a very poignant um, comparison between, you know, what we do in the military in terms of, especially for you, in terms of the intelligence gathering that you did and, and putting together a concise kind of brief on, Hey, this is what you need to know about this particular person or this mission and you know how applicable that really is, especially with syndication as well. When you start getting together deal, you know, deal packages and you start presenting your, your um, you know, your case to investors, it's you're essentially in the same kind of format again, like you're doing the background research, you're doing, you're getting all, all the questions answered that you need to get answered for that particular, that particular deal and then presenting it in a way that makes sense to the investor and, and gives them as clear of a picture of what's going on. I think that's a really a great uh, um, comparison there. And uh, it sounds Absolutely. like you, it sounds like you've really taken a lot of your, um, a lot of your eight years experience and, and transformed it into, you know, something that is extremely applicable, you know, not only to real estate, but in life as well. Um, so, you know, how did, uh, how did you kind of start your financial literacy literacy um, path to to get yourself into real estate investing? Yeah, um, definitely. So I, I did want to touch on one point sure, um, sure. as yeah. you were talking. You know, being a deal sponsor is the same thing as being a point of contact or a subject matter expert. You know, people are going to come to you. I'm going to stand in front of everybody, and the things that I say need to hold value. I need to have that credibility and the trust within my team. It's the same way as putting together a syndication or a JV. People need to know that the information that I'm presenting to them is valuable, is credible, and that they can trust that I'm going to be able to present them with that information and it's going to get everything across the goal line and everyone's going to be safe, i.e. whether in their military, it was with their lives, and now in syndication, it's with their, you know, everything that they've worked for from a financial standpoint. Um, and then, you know, transitioning, excuse, I'm sorry, what was the question? Uh, uh, about how you got, you built up your financial literacy and that oh, turned you into yeah. real estate investing. Yeah. Definitely. So, um, you know, I ended up, I was on a rugby team, you know, during my, my time at my last duty station and I ended up snapping my leg playing rugby. I mean, of course I was on the field dominating the other men on the team and I just happened to get my leg. Right. Yeah. A very, very large man. Um, still looking for him, but, uh, so that just, so at the time I was living with three other roommates, really good friends of mine, you know, boys will be boys. We were, I was in my early twenties, you know, weekdays cracking beers, telling jokes, watching TV, um, you know, having a lot of fun, but not really investing my time or investing my future, living paycheck to paycheck. Um, but once I broke my leg and I was forced to really invest time in myself because all of my roommates ended up going on deployments and it was just me. I can't move. I can't really go anywhere. And I was just alone with my thoughts. And ultimately I just, one day after burning through like so many hours of Netflix, you can't do it anymore. And my, I just, I don't know. There was just a switch. It was like, dude, you got to get it figured out. What are you going to do? Do you want to be in the military for 20 years? Do you want to go start a business? Do you want to be your own person? How do you want to structure your life? Because the way that it's going right now, it's not going to serve you. It's not going to serve me. Um, So I ended up, you know, the first, you know, we're always taught, get your education, 
So that's what I did. I was like, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get my education. I signed up for a math class like the next day. I was like, I hate math. I'm just going to knock this out. It's going to be the first thing that I get out of the way and kind of start myself on this path. Absolutely hated it. Absolutely (laughs) hated every moment of that math class. I didn't end up actually finishing it because I was like, if this is what it's going to be like for the next few years of my time, that's not going to expedite or put me in a position to where I can really take hold of my future. Um, so I started to look into different ways that I could just maximize my financial literacy, my financial IQ. I read books like the richest man in Babylon, um, you know, accounting 101, rich dad, poor dad, of course, which was, you know, for many of us, the book that kind of set things in motion in terms of the way that we think about money. And, um, you know, once I read that book, I was like, boom, this is exactly it. Um, real estate is something that I can do myself. I don't need anybody else. And I don't need to go to school. All I need to do is learn the different strategies. Um, and this is something that I can create for myself and for, you know, my, my future family. Mm-hmm. I think that that's uh, amazing that you kind of uh, really took it on yourself to uh, branch out and expand your horizons. Because, you know, I think a lot of people um, would have just sat on the couch and just kind of lamented about, you know, um, being broken, essentially. And not really taking that further and, uh, you know, played video games all day and just ate, you know, eating junk food and just really just been a lump, if you will. And I think that's extremely admirable that you were able to um, take your available time uh, and and grow into a different person and try to, uh, you know, better yourself overall. Uh, Because that's um, it's it's hard to um, it's hard to kind of have that mindset when it's so easy to just, especially with you, with your leg being broken, like get off the couch and actually go around and, and do stuff and, and, you know, uh, learn and, and grow and read books and all of that. I mean, I think that's amazing that you're able to do that. Um, and I think that's something that I think a lot of people probably have hopefully taken to heart over this past you know year with COVID having to have like physically not being able to go anywhere, having to stay indoors, having to, um, you know, have no other options besides either sit on the couch and watch Netflix our day or actually learn to, you know, learn a new skill or continue working on your business and, you know, particularly working on yourself. So I think that's amazing that you're able to do that. Absolutely. And it was like, I kind of had a pre COVID to COVID. I mean, once I started learning about this stuff, I was filling up notebooks. I didn't do anything else. Like, and then, then when my friends came home from their deployment, we were still living together. And like, I just hold up in my room. Like I'm, I was on books. I was taking courses. I was learning everything I needed to. And it was a really huge transition because, you know, going out um, to the bars on the weekends or just, you know, shooting the crap. I had, I had taken a complete 180. Um, You know, I still love my friends. They're they're still a very valuable piece of who I am today, Mm -hmm. but I had to take a real hard look at how much time am I investing with them and where's that getting me versus how much time am I investing in myself? Um, Mm -hmm. And I just had to limit the amount of time that I actually shared with them because, um, you know, one of my mentors, and and I always say this, one of my mentors said that there's three ways that we can use our time. We can either spend it, we can share it, or we can invest it just like with money. Um, So once I started putting things in that frame of mind, where's my time being allocated? And is it going to, you know, prove to be fruitful for me in the long term? Um, Am I 
am I investing in meaningful relationships? Um, and how much time am I investing in those? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the quote that you, you're a, a combination of the five closest people within your friend group, I think is, uh, sounds like it was extremely true for you. And you almost, you realizing that you upgraded the people that you hung out with, you upgraded the, the time that you spent with, with uh, different people. And, uh, it, you know, I think that really, it sounds like it really did make a difference for you. Just having that mindset shift and realizing that, um, you know, the um, financial and personal habits that you had before just were not serving you and that you wanted to have something, you know, bigger, bigger than that and bigger than yourself. Um, you know, for a lot of guys that uh, are, you know, junior enlisted, you know, in their early 20s that have all this money coming in because they're in the military, you know, guaranteed paycheck, and they just don't know, you know, really what to do with themselves and, you know, have these bad spending habits and, you know, get a $50,000 military, you know, deployment bonus and go spend it on a brand new car. You know, what advice do you have for those guys who, um, one, may not know the right path and two, um, you know, see life as, as something to be enjoyed and just in, in spending all this money and, and don't really have a plan for the future? Absolutely. I think that the first thing that stands out to me is just being observant, um, being observant of our surroundings. What is being promoted and touted and constantly shoved in our face and down our throats about what success really is? It's shiny things. It's nice cars. It's the pretty girl. Mm -hmm. It's doing whatever you want. When it, like, yes, I want to do what I want when I want and with whom I want, but in the direction that is going to be valuable to me. Um, you know, being observant of what you're allowing in and those things immediately affect what you do with your time and with your money. Right. Um, just like you said with your, you know, your top five friends, if you hang out with five people that go to the bar every weekend, you're going to go to the bar. You're going to be the sixth one. If you hang out with five millionaires, you'll be the sixth one. Uh, our surroundings are extremely important. Um, and then of course, education. They don't teach this stuff in school. Our parents don't teach us this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, the richest man in Babylon is maybe a hundred pages. You can finish it in just a couple days, but the concepts in that completely changed the way that I thought about money. And by learning that early on, if I had learned that when I was 20, I'd be in a much better financial position at now at 27 than I am now, even though I have set myself in motion on a better path. Um, just being observant of what I was doing with my time, the people that I was with. Um, and then of course, just being educated, um, cracking open a book instead of cracking open you know, a series on Netflix um, and just crushing that um, because ultimately what you're doing with your time in that frame of mind is giving it to somebody else's time or giving it else someone's dreams. You were promoting someone else's um, positive habits. I mean, people on Netflix, those are actors. People directed those movies by watching that and giving your time to that you're just promoting what they've worked really hard for. But instead of taking on yourself and working really hard for yourself um, and removing yourself from a victim's mentality. And I think that's a really big issue with people our age. People say, well, oh, they're, they have money and you know, why should they get to have it? And I think that that is just the completely wrong way. Extreme ownership. I can, I will, why not me? is a phrase that I've definitely been saying to myself for the past year and a half. Dude. Wow. I mean, a lot, a lot to unpack there. Uh, 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more with with the mindset shift that you have there. Like surrounding yourself with amazing people, surrounding yourself with knowledge and and, and constant growth. Um, you know, and then that victim mentality, I think, is is huge for a lot of people. Uh, you know, I, I go on Reddit occasionally and I see you know people posting about like Elon Musk and and you know hating on Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, and without really thinking about the fact that it took them decades to get to the point where they are now. Right. You know, like uh, Jeff Bezos has been working since before I was born on Amazon and from his garage. You know, the same thing happened with Steve Jobs. Same thing happened with with Bill Gates, like all of these guys who have, you know, vast fortunes that have these companies built out. You know, it didn't start, you know, it didn't start on day one and day two. They were, you know, had billions of dollars. Right. It was it was constant growth every day. It was constant failures and constantly uh, proving to improve, you know, and and constantly striving to improve their product and improve themselves that got them to where they are. And and I think so many people um, and and it's probably a a cultural thing with Internet providing instant gratification. But I think so many people look at the rich and the powerful and especially guys who have built out their own companies and view it as uh yeah these guys did one did something wrong to get where they are something illegal or two it happened just like that they you know they didn't put any hard work into it they didn't put any effort into it they didn't put any sweat or blood you know it just was kind of handed to them and uh, I think that that's something that is, it just kind of blows my mind when, when you really, if you actually look at the person that they were started as and the person that they you know, had to become to become this billionaire, it's just, it's tremendous growth. And it's something that should be um, something that should be admired rather than something that should be put down. Uh, and it sounds like you kind of had the same kind of mindset there too. Absolutely. Um, you said something there. Who do you need to become? Nobody saw who Jeff Bezos was becoming. Nobody saw who Elon Musk was becoming when they were putting in that sweat equity behind closed doors. Nobody saw that. They see, oh, that's the richest person in the world. That's the first time I'm hearing of it. Well, why? Why did they get to? But nobody saw the decades of work that went into it. Um, You know, I mean, yes, we live in a world of instant gratification, but I feel like this is just a a mindset with people in general, because I mean, even Warren Buffett years ago was saying everyone wants to be rich, but no one wants to get rich slowly. But mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have aspirations to be a Jeff Bezos or an Elon Musk, but just by buying one property puts you in the top 10% of the world. May probably even more than that. Just mm-hmm. one property puts you in an exponentially better place than you were before that property. So you do that Say you just buy, and I try to do this with my friends too, just buy one property every year. That's it. One single family home. And in 10 years, you could have a retirement. You don't have to work for anybody. You don't have to rely on anybody else. And breaking people's mindsets out of the way that they've always done things and the way they've been taught is so, so challenging. But again, with everything, no one wants to get rich solely. I will have to put in the equity, the sweat equity to teach my friends to prove it by doing it. And, you know, two or three years from now, they'll come to me and they'll say, Hey man, I see what you're doing and I want to learn. Um, and of course with open arms, Hey man, let's, let's get after this or Hey gal, um, let, let's go do this. And I can show you how, um, but it's not going to be overnight. It's definitely not. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think that, you know, who do I need to become is a question that 
everyone should be asking themselves because nobody does. Nobody really sits down. I was not one of those people that sat down and just truly took time to figure out who I was. It took me snapping my leg to do that. But now I'm imploring people. You don't need to constantly be on your phone, constantly on the internet, constantly being saturated with noise um, to, you know, have fulfillment. If you just take a beat and take a moment of silence, you might uncover something truly spectacular about yourself because we all have it within us to reach levels of success that we've never thought possible for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love that, man. I love that. And, you know, kind of going off of what you're talking about with becoming the person you need to be. I think so many people think about, oh, you know, I want to have a billion dollars or I want to be rich or, you know, that's going to be me one day without fully realizing that, you know, yeah, you could be given a billion dollars tomorrow, but if you don't have the mindset or you don't have the right mentality or you don't have the um, the ability to utilize that billion dollars and have a billion dollar mindset, that's going to be gone the next day. I mean, just look at what happens. Empirical proof. Look at what happens with lottery winners. I mean, you guys, guys who, um, you know, uh, statistically, they're not the the you know they're not the middle class. It's typically like a lower income that to, that plays the lottery. And so those guys that end up winning normally don't have the mindset, or normally don't have the uh, um, as uh, Harv T. Ecker likes to talk about the money blueprint to be a millionaire. You know, and so they quickly get, they quickly lose all of that money and they end up often unhappier than they were before. And, um, you know, and I think that's something that you really need to have first before you become or you can have those riches is becoming the person who can be a billionaire, becoming the person who can, who can grow enough and realize their flaws enough to uh, be able to handle, you know, millions or billions of dollars. I mean, it's a much different mindset than an individual who maybe has $10 in their account or is living paycheck to paycheck. Um, and if you haven't read that book, Secrets of Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eker, oh my gosh, I, it's an amazing book. I mean, so many life lessons there. Honestly, I think it's on par with Rich Dad, Poor Dad in terms of uh, the lessons really? in that book. Yeah. Okay. Um, that is definitely going on my list. Definitely yeah, going really. On my list. It's a really small book and a pretty quick read too, but it does talk a lot about how to build out your money blueprint and upgrade your money blueprint because, you know, just, um, and, and, and I'm going to go on a tangent here, but, you know, just like an air conditioning system, um, if you have central air conditioning sets a, tem- a temperature to be a certain kind of, uh, let's say it's called 70 degrees. You set your room temperature to be 70 degrees and that is comfortable for you. And, and as you go down to 69, you may not notice it. As you get to 68, you may not notice it. But you get down to like 65, 67, you really start to notice how much colder that really is. And then, you, then the air conditioner kicks on and it, and it bumps you back up to 70, right? And the same thing as you get higher and higher, 72, 75, 80 degrees, your air conditioning comes back in and you get to that comfortable state again. But it's not until we start thinking about, hey, I want to be, you know, I'm at the $50,000 level right now here. I'm comfortable with that salary that's coming in. I want to be a, a millionaire what do I need to set my money temperature you know, thermostat at to get to that point um, to not have me backslide to back to that $50,000 um, you know, mindset again. And uh, I think that's what a lot of people are just not willing or know how to do. Um, and so that, again, that's one of the lessons that's in, in that book about how to set your, your money thermostat. Uh, I, I love that. Um, you know, there's, there's some powerful lessons there. And I was just listening to Jim Rohn last night. I know he didn't say this, but, but he, had, he was quoting someone when he said, if all the money in the world was distributed evenly 
across every single person on the planet, the money would end up back in the hands of the rich people um, because they know how to use it. They know how um, they're educated enough. They have that money blueprint, as you mentioned, to, to know what to do with that money, not to spend that money on you know, frivolous items and be controlled and swayed by the ways of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that you know, money shouldn't be the end result. Um, it's, it shouldn't be the cause. Um, it shouldn't be everything that you're working towards because ultimately we'll all end up empty. Um, but it's the, it's a tool to maximize your life and to maximize the lives of other people around you, your sphere of influence. Um, and just by blessing and donating and, and giving to charity and, and things like that. Um, because at the end of our lives, no one is going to be on their deathbed and say, man, I really made a lot of money. Um, how it's going to be measured by how many people love you? How many, how many people sure. did you, how many lives did you touch? Um, and by thinking of money that way, pursuing excellence versus a dollar sign, the money will come to you. It'll be attract, you'll attract money that way because ultimately you're doing everything that you need to do to reach the next level because excellence competing against yourself versus keeping up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at the next guy. Um, I was just thinking about this. I was doing a workout the other day yeah. and I had my timer sitting on. I was doing planks and it always seems like it takes way longer when you're looking at the time. It's just like, it's harder. It's like, come on. I know that thing can go faster, mm-hmm. but it's the same way when we're competing against anything. Say you have a football player who's got a free run down the field. If he looks back to see if someone's going to catch him, he's probably going to get caught versus just eyes on the prize and pursuing that excellence. Um, I think a lot of us get caught up in what's the next guy doing, which is why our circle, again, how this all comes full circle is so important. Instead of focusing on what the next guy is doing, focus on what you're doing. Surround yourself with other people who have that same mindset and you're all going to grow at an even pace. And that pace is going to be probably very quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the, the, one of my favorite quotes is you can't compare your chapter three to someone else's chapter 13. And uh, I think mm-hmm. that that's, I think that's huge is because we get, you know, we idolize these guys who you know are multi-million dollar uh, and multi-billion dollar, you know, asset owners like Grant Cardone. And we're saying like, Hey, like, you know, why can't I be like Grant Cardone? Like, why can't I 10X right now? Or why can't I be like this guy who owns, you know, 10,000 units? And, you know, it doesn't matter what they have, right? You're at a different point in your life than they are. And they may have, you know, 10, 5, 10, 15, 30 years more experience than you. And that's why they're at that level. That's why they built out all these systems. That's why, um, you know, they have all these successes because they had probably a lot of failures along the way to that. And uh, I think it is, it was something that was very freeing for me to just have that realization that it doesn't matter what the guy sitting next to me is doing, or the guy, you know, across the country from me is doing, or the guy who's always on social media and showing his success he's having. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, And kudos to that guy for having those successes, but like that has no impact on what I'm doing. Um, And I should not constantly try to compare myself to other people who really don't really make a di- one. Don't make a difference in my life, and two, it ultimately doesn't matter to my own success. Uh, and I think that that's hard for a lot of people, especially what you're talking about, especially when they're glued to their phones or they're always on the internet or they're always looking at social media, and that's all you're seeing. You're seeing a snapshot of someone's life that is picture perfect. You know, 
people aren't going to post pictures about, you know, them waking up first thing in the morning and how they look. They're not going to post, um, at least the, the closed minded individuals are not going to post about the issues that they're having at work or the familial trouble that they're having or the financial trouble that just doesn't happen. But you see that a lot more when, uh, you get into these kind of business, uh, masterminds and business groups and real estate groups is people sharing their failures just as often as they're sharing their successes. And I think that that is a, um, testament to the higher minded individual who is willing and able to share those lessons, not only to, um, to be free from them and not let them impact them and not let it kind of sit inside them, but also to teach other people. Cause that's ultimately what this is about is establishing your legacy and teaching other people is to share what you're, what you know, and, and your lessons learned and all that, you know? Definitely. The failures are the most important part. <laughs> the failures are the most important How I learn basically only through failure. <laughs> um, I have to go through and just mess it up in order to learn, okay, don't do that again. Don't be an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, absolutely passing that information on to somebody else. Um, you know, one of the things you mentioned looking at, at somebody else's chapter 13, when you're on chapter three, um, one of the things that I've struggled with um, is, you know, I'm 27. There are people in the game, 22, 23, 24, they're crushing, right? Yeah. So it's, it comes down to a self-belief thing. Oh, well, you know, I could sit here and say, oh, well, he's 23 and he's doing it. Um, you know, I must not have what it takes. Um, but that's not necessarily the case. They're just in a different place. They had a different journey. They walked in different shoes. Um, so absolutely looking at your own reality, competing against yourself. And man, failures have just, they have, they set the, the foundation for, you know, people's successes. Um, you know, somebody else in my realty group says, um, she talks about three foot walls. Um, a lot of people get to a three foot wall and like, oh, I can't get over this three foot wall. I'm going to turn around versus just stepping over it. It's a three foot wall. That's all you got to do is step right over that thing. Um, but a lot of, of us see failure at, or, you know, challenges as, oh, I can't do this or, you know, I'm going to fail at this. And I do think it comes back to, again, investing in yourself, um, creating that self-belief. I mean, there's power in affirmations. There's power in writing down your goals. Um, because by doing those things, having a target, you know where you're going. You have a mission, just like mm-hmm. in the military. Um, if you don't know where your target is and what time you need to be there and who's there, when you arrive, you're in a bad spot. You probably won't get there. The mission won't be accomplished. Um, a lot of us just are going through life without a roadmap, without even just a basic plan. My plan probably changes every day. I write down new goals almost every day because my mindset changes. My perspective changes. I'm always staying open-minded and learning new lessons, especially through failure and especially through people who are teaching me through their failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a super valuable lesson to learn, um, not to get caught up in all that stuff and just understand that life is full of these things. And, you know, you mentioned it, I mentioned it, the, the social media, not everything is, is roses and daisies. I do post a lot about my successes. Um, but if anybody reaches out to me, I will absolutely talk to them about my failures, um, because they're real and they're out there and they can be avoided, but not all of them. You have to get started. You have to take action um, because without that, there's no failure to be had. And if you don't fail, you'll never succeed. True. Love it. You know, one of the uh, things that I, I like to remind myself when, when uh, you know, I've become, I come up against a particularly rough 
situation is that uh, the Chinese word for problem is also the same word for opportunity. And uh, I think that that is completely about your mindset and how you approach the issues that you're, that you're dealing with, right? You can, um, you can approach a situation where, you know, you don't have the money for this by saying, oh, you know, I can't get started because I don't have money. Instead of thinking, okay, who do I, who has money? How can I accomplish this? Who can I talk to about doing this? You know, those guys who don't have experience or don't have the knowledge or don't have the time instead of thinking those things, like how can I leverage more time? How can I leverage the relationships I have or the experience that I don't have or the time that I do have to go, you know, work for someone else or do something else. Um, and I think, again, it does come down to the mindset and how you talk about those things to yourself and to others that really does make the difference between you being successful um, in whatever business and not being successful. And it, and it really does come down to the words you're using and what happens when you meet a roadblock like that. Definitely. Um, positive self-talk is huge for me. Huge. Um, if I find myself like sometimes like I'm an idiot. No, I'll switch it immediately, immediately. Um, because there's, there is power in that. If I start to believe if I start to tell myself that I'm successful, if I start to tell myself that I deserve to be excellent, I will start to become those things. And that's a very simple step in the right direction. Right before taking action, you need to know what you're taking action on and believe that you're going to accomplish that. I mean, I, I like to work out. I mean, you know, growing up on the football team, especially being in the military, there is science behind when someone's doing a one rep max, whether it's bench, squat, deadlift, whatever, if they just visualize themselves completing the rep, their chances of actually completing it go up by a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the same thing in life. If I believe that I'm going to, I mean, I have to tell myself all the time. I have not done my first syndication yet, but I will. And I have to tell myself. I will get this done. I have what it takes to be successful. People trust me. I attract millions of dollars in private money. I tell myself these things in the mirror because then it'll start to become a reality. I will start to walk with more confidence, project more confidence. And then what does that bring in return? Um, the things that I have set out to achieve. Absolutely. Absolutely. I freaking love that, man. You so, so, so much motivation and energy. I love it. Uh, but you, you mentioned syndications and before we get into the snapshot round, I want to ask you about that. Um, you know, as an aspiring apartment syndicator and knowing the, knowing the steps that it takes to be a good apartment syndicator myself, you know, what kind of struggles are you having, um, now that, uh, you know, would be kind of good lessons learned for other guys who are kind of in the same boat as you? Um, huge lessons learned, be, get educated. Um, absolutely. Like read, listen to podcasts as much as you can. I, I mean, I talked to so many syndicators, um, before I even started telling people that this is what I want to do. Hey, what did you do? How did you do it? How, what, what issues did you have and how did you resolve that? What value can I provide to you? Usually at this stage, you're kind of like, well, what am I really going to provide to you? But again, people love to talk about their experiences. Um, the more educated you are, the more confidence you're going to sound, the more intelligently you're going to be, be able to project your ideas and your business plan and just being prepared. I mean, I spent weeks developing my business plan just so I, that way I know in my brain, like this is, this is how things go. And no matter what person I'm having a conversation with, I can speak to these things and I don't come off like somebody who has no idea what they're doing, even though since I haven't done this, that may be the case because I haven't gone through the actual steps of doing it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so definitely being educated. Um, and then secondly, just talking to people, um, talk to as many people as you can start to, you know, we are familiar with bigger pockets. Um, you know, and a lot of times bigger pockets will say, Hey, even if you're not even an investor, even if you haven't brought, bought your first property, tell everyone that you're an investor. That's what I, I did that when I started buying small multifamilies and I do that now. Hey, what do you do? Oh, I buy apartment buildings. I buy apartment buildings. I buy apartment buildings. And that, that's, um, that track is going to lead me in the right direction. I'm going to say th that, those words to the right person um, or the right group of people, and it's going to lead to success. So definitely tell people what you want, um, and those things will start to come with you, come to you as long as, um, you know, there's a law of attraction, but uh, somebody, Jim, uh, what the heck is his name? John Asaraf, he talks about the law of Goya or the law of get off your ass, <laughs> um, which means you have to put those things into action. Um, if you're not taking action, if you're not raising money, if you're not actively looking for deals, um, those are the two main things that you need. Um, you know, of course, once you have your education set um, and you've talked to a number of, of different people, um, raising money, very, very simply, I just went through my phone. I'm just calling people people I went to high school with. Hey, man, I remember that, you know, your parents had money back in high school. Um, those are tough conversations to have because they see me as Trevor from high school, Trevor, who was, you know, you know, on the football team, you know, living a carefree life. Um, and that's okay because once I start to prove myself and I am proving myself, once they start to see that, Oh, you know what? Actually, you know, I remember him being this, but you know, he's actually out there crushing it. Um, so getting over the fear of, of what people are going to think of you based on who they used to know you as. And then also it's not, it's not asking for money. That was a big thing for me, a big thing. And I know a lot of people say it, but it's still a very real fear, real fear when you're talking to someone, um, and you're talking about them giving you money, you are presenting an opportunity mm -hmm. and the more deals that I find that are good deals, the easier it is man, this is a really great opportunity. I can project that confidence. Um, but also just getting out there and finding deals, talking to brokers, um, driving for dollars, finding sellers, getting on Craigslist, getting on Facebook marketplace. There's a ton of different ways to do that. Um, and those are just real challenges because there's a lot of time devoted to each of these. Mm -hmm. um, when we first started, we said from like inception of the idea that we're going to buy an apartment building to we want to have something under contract was three months. We gave ourselves 90 days. We did not reach that mark because we underestimated the amount of information, the, the, the knowledge curve that comes from buying small multifamilies, which we can crush all day, every day, really not have to put that much energy to it. But now you're talking about other people's money, which is an incredible responsibility. Um, so taking all those things into account, um, you know, hopefully the listeners find some value in, you know, just starting off as a, a aspiring syndicator. Um, some, those are some of the steps that I've taken. Love it. Love it, man. I mean, it sounds like you've definitely have, uh, have the path set out in front of you to be successful in this. And uh, I'm excited to see where, uh, where your path leads you here in the next you know, year, two years or so. But uh I want to get into a snapshot round. You ready for it? I am ready. All ahead, plank, cavitate, snapshot, tube, tube. All right, here we go. Trevor, first question for you. What is your number one failure in real estate? 
number one failure, not going fast enough. <laughs> um, and that's, that's kind of twofold. Um, you know, when we were buying these small multifamilies with the, you know, construct of Burr, we were using hard money. And a lot of times we were leaving that money tied up too long. We weren't incorporating our processes and systems fast enough. And we were, you know, hitting late fees uh, and we were just incurring costs that were totally unnecessary. Um, so we, you know, of course, transition that into implementing a timely schedule for our systems and processes. And then, of course, just not doing bigger deals sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's very possible to, to get into, you know, apartment buildings, you know, very early in your career. Um, so those are probably my two biggest. Okay, fair enough. All right. Uh, and you kind of already touched on this. Uh, but as a veteran investor, what advice do you have for other military investors to be successful? Work on yourself. Don't let yourself on fire to keep other people warm. Uh, sometimes this journey is very, very lonely. And I felt that separating myself from my core group, my core circle. Um, but it's better to be you know, alone than surrounded by the wrong people because we get one chance to live this life. Um, and I want to maximize. So I implore the listeners to do that. Level up your circle, get educated. One property can change your life. Love it. Cool. All right. And what inspired you to serve your country? I think this just boils down to impact. Um, I wanted to make a difference as many people our age. Um, and I knew, I knew formal education was not for me. Um, going from, you know, a football mentality, captain of the football team to, you know, you know sitting in a classroom, that just didn't make any sense. Um, but I, I wanted to be around other like-minded individuals. I wanted to be around brothers and sisters um, and, you know, all moving towards a common goal. And, Apartment syndication is very, very similar to that because multifamily, you know, syndication is a team, Um, you know, being surrounded by like-minded individuals, you know, chasing a common goal, which is ultimately freedom. Love it, man. Love it. All right. And the last question for you, Trevor, what is your dream? My dream, very, very loaded question, but uh, (laughs) I would say, you know, I kind of boiled it down to a, a 20 year vision in 20 years. I just, I envision myself traveling learning and educating others on how to maximize their life. And that comes in a few different ways. Um, I, I want to be a consultant, um, whether in it's all encompassing with financial, physical, mental, emotional, relational, and spiritual health. All these things are important to living your most fulfilling life. Um, and I want to have the power to choose what I do with whom I do it and when I do it. Love it, man. Love it. I, you know, Trevor, this has been a, a very enlightening conversation, um, you know, around uh, money, around being a better person and around developing, you know, the person you need to be, um, you know, leveling up your relationships. I mean, we covered a lot here. So I really do appreciate you coming on here and, and you know, sharing your experience and sharing your, uh, you know, your struggles that you're having along your journey. And if people want to reach out to you or learn more about you, where can they go? Absolutely. Um, my Instagram, my personal Instagram is at better Trevor. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Trevor brand and my company website is hiveci.com. That's H Y V E C I.com. Got it. Okay. And we'll include that in the show notes as well. Again, Trevor, thanks for coming on and sharing your knowledge. And, uh, you know, if you ever need anything, definitely reach out. Yeah, this was awesome. We didn't really talk about any of the things that I had planned, but man, this was, this was a really great conversation. I got fired up. 
Absolutely, man. Have a great day and please stay safe back in the States and in Switzerland as well. Thank you very much. Thanks again, Anthony. Thanks for listening. If you are a military investor and found this episode of the Lessons in Real Estate show packed with great information, tell your friends and leave a five-star rating on your listening platform. Every comment is read and appreciated. Don't forget to check out our weekly episodes of PCI Teaches, brought to you by Pinto Capital Investments. Learn about basic and advanced topics in real estate investing. Catch updates on Anthony's journey through learn and teach segments. And listen to the tales of other military investors and real estate professionals every week. We'll catch you next time on the Lessons in Real Estate show.